I am continuing in the message that Bill has started. And, uh, and you know, I think the thing that he really wants to emphasize is that this is not just a, a series, but he wants this to be a change in our life. And um, as we know, the, the name of the book that most of you have is called Surprise the World, Five Habits of Highly Missional People. I'm going to do a little bit of a review. I follow my mentor well. All right, so how do we become missional? There's a, cha there's a challenge for change habit or habit change. And then there's that acronym BELLS. Bless, eat, listen, learn, and scent. And as you can see, there's an asterisk on um, listen. So I, that's just a little, you know, clue as to what I might be talking about today. All right, so we bless three people every week. We eat with others. We listen to the Holy Spirit. We learn about Christ. And then we journal the myriad ways that we have been sent. So there's lots of good stuff still to come, which I'm excited about. Bill went over who the Holy Spirit is in our life and has been and will be. He is the author of Scripture. He is our comforter, counselor, and advocate. He's the one who convicts us of our sin, uh, especially if there's been something that's been, I want to say, deep and hidden for quite a while. He's the one who brings that to our attention. He's the deposit, seal, or earnest that God gives us and in, into our life, which allows us to hear from him. He's our teacher, and he's our witness. So as we're going through this series, one of the things that we want to do is learning to listen to the Spirit, and Bill kicked that off last week. We want to learn to listen to the Spirit's voice. Um, I, that was a real new concept for me. I was raised in, in the Baptist church. We believed in the Holy Spirit, but we never really learned about listening to God. And I was... Um, I just never really thought about that. I think all of us at some time or another have had those little nudges before. And if we follow up on those, say somebody's been on your mind or your heart and you've been thinking about them and you call them up and you find out that they had a need or that they were going through something. I really think that's the Spirit's prompting in our lives. And, but I never really attributed it to that. So um, he, he usually speaks in a still small voice, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the first thing that we want to do to, be, to learn to become a listener of the Holy Spirit is we want to set aside a designated time, and we want to see that this time is precious, that it's not an obligation, but it's something that we really long to do. You know, and I also want to say, maybe you don't long to do that. You know, you can pray and ask God to give you a hunger and a thirst, and if you find yourself not desiring this, say, God, I know that's what I really want to do. I know that's what you want of me. Would you put that hunger and that desire and that thirst in me so that it's not just an obligation that I can check off my list, but so that it develops my relationship with you? And our goal is to set aside doing this just once a week to start off with. Next, we want to eliminate distractions. I 
you know, sometimes I have to put my phone in the other room, or maybe I keep it next to me, but I turn the ringer off so that it's not a distraction. Sometimes, this is what I like to do, um, probably won't hit well with the guys necessarily, but I like to light a, a candle. It just makes the ambiance special. It's my special time with God. It's something that I do that lets me know that it's just God and I there. So whatever you can do, maybe, maybe have a special place by the window where you can look out and look at the trees and, and that kind of thing. Someplace special for you and God, if you've got that. But if not, anywhere you are is special with God. The third part to practicing to become a listener to the Holy Spirit is letting God in. This is not the time that we're talking about right now where you're going to ask your questions or you're going to present your prayer requests. But rather, this is where you start to invite him to be with you. You know, the favorite prayer of the vineyard is, Come Holy Spirit. So just sit there and just say that over and over if you need to. Just come Holy Spirit. Bring your presence, God. I want to sit with you. And just sit and listen to the Lord. And the enemy will, will come and he will try to distract you with other thoughts. Maybe something, oh, I need to do something today. And if I, you know, I'm going to forget. Sometimes it helps to have a pad and pencil right there. Write it down and then get back to the business with God so that that's no longer a distraction to you. And I think uh, somebody had told us that one time and I thought that that's a good idea because we have a tendency, oh, if I don't do that, I'm going to forget. I need to get up right now and do it. No, you don't. Just write it down. And after your short time with God, you can go on with what you need to do. And then that's where Bill stopped last week was letting God in. We've got one more, and it's called following God's promptings. And um, what does that mean exactly, to follow God's promptings? And what does that look like? Um, as I was reading the book, I had prayed that the Lord would show me especially on the eat part, who he would bring, you know, who he thinks that we should eat with. Because I didn't, have, I had nobody on my list. By the time I was finished with that chapter, I had about six couples on my list. That was a prompting of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, God might reveal to you that there's somebody that you need to forgive. He may give reassurance to you that he loves you. You know, just as we've learned to experience God's presence here at church, this isn't the only place that we can experience his presence. It's, out, it, it's even better, I want to say, if we are outside the four walls of these church, this, this church and we experience the presence of God. And, um, you know, just as he can convict you of sin here or break your heart over something or give you deep joy, he can do that at home in your quiet place, in that quiet time when you're with him. So you can experience God in the same way. He's not limited to these four walls. But we have barriers, known as Satan, who wants to inhibit us from, our, our, from changing. And one of those is fear. And there's uh, several different types of fear. There's the fear of being made fun of. And even as adults, we still struggle with that. It's not just something kids do. We as adults fear with that, have that, that fear of concern as well. Um, we have a fear of standing out. 
We don't want people to think we're weird. And as I was kind of going over this, I keep thinking of Tori's, uh, Tori Martinez's time when she prayed for the power lifter that she was, you know, competing against. I just think that's so bold and so beautiful and so God. And uh, she wasn't afraid to stand out, you know. And as Bill would say, that makes her a questionable person as she prays for someone who's her competitor. I think that that, uh, you know, the children shall lead us. I think that's very much a leading moment in the life of a, a young adult to us who are older, wiser, more mature. <coughs> cough, cough. Um, sometimes we have a fear that somebody's going to ask us some tricky questions and we don't know the answers to. I would say that's probably something uh, that I struggle with is that, oh, I don't know apologetics. I don't, you know, how am I going to? And I've learned that, that really I don't have to address that. And again, it's just something from the enemy to, uh, to keep me from doing what God would have me do. Then we have a fear of not measuring up, you know, that we're not worthy. You know, I've screwed up my life and all this other stuff. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But these are, these are certain fears, I think, that we have, and there may be others. But, you know, fear is going to shut us down from being a missional person every time if we let it. The next barrier that we have to uh, habit change efforts is laziness. And it's not the kind of laziness that you would think about as far as like your a couch potato type laziness, but rather it's not following the promptings of the Spirit. When he, he prompts you to, to reach out to someone, what happens that, is that we usually, oh, that's, you know, I'm too busy. I'm too busy right now. I can't. I can't take the time out to make this phone call because this person's probably going to need me to run them to the store and I've got this list of things to do and I just really don't want to do it because it's all about me. It's my agenda and my goal and my list of things to get accomplished. And so laziness tells us that we don't have time to do those things um, because we've got our own agenda and we're not allowing God to change our agenda. I think about the story that Bill told several weeks ago. He was on his way somewhere, and some guy was having trouble, and his roof his, came off of his car. His hood. his hood. His hood, not roof. His hood came off his car. Bill had a place to be, but, you know, he stopped what he was doing. He felt the nudging of the Spirit, and he was able to help this guy. And, you know, how do you, even if you, you're late for a meeting, and maybe it's even a church meeting, you can't. The church meeting is not more important than what God is doing in that moment. And God had something for Bill to do in that moment. So fear and laziness will persuade you to come up with dozens of reasons why you can't or shouldn't open yourself up to others. So I want to talk about ways that we can counteract some of these things in our life because I think it's important. We will struggle with these things at one time or another, if not all the time. And we want to grow. We don't want to be fearful. We don't want to be lazy. God's called us to go out and, and, and to love the world and to be questionable people. So dialogue with God regularly. Now, this is not the designated time that I talked about earlier where you set aside about 10 minutes and you say, come Holy Spirit. And it's also not necessarily the time that you're going to be presenting your prayer request to God, though you could. 
But it's more of having a conversation with God and dialoguing with him um, in a day-to-day basis. Have discourse with God, just like you would with a, a friend or a family member, because he is a friend and he is a family member. So when and how are you going to do it? Well, when you're in the car driving, when you're going to the grocery store, when you're in the grocery store, when you're doing your housework, when you're at your desk at the office. Whenever you have a moment throughout the day during your daily activities, invite God in. Oh, God, that's a beautiful sunset. Thank you for letting me see that on the way to work this morning. Or God, thank you that my kids at school are... are behaving today, and I'm not having to be frustrated with them. Um, look for those moments that we can be thankful and grateful to God for in our, in our day. And ag- again, it's also a time you can bring your concerns, but not just that, just dialogue, dialogue. And you know, regular dialogue is a gateway for allowing God to be personal in your life. You know, God knows everything about you, But it's still different when you're actually dialoguing because a lot of times as you dialogue with God about what's going on in your life, he really enters in. It's that still small voice. And as you dialogue with him, sometimes you kind of work out the situation. And I think that's just God's spirit moving in you as you open up to him. And I really believe that, that regular dialogue is a way of hearing from God and um, letting God be more personal in your life which is the next one, is allow God to be personal in your life. You know, it's been said that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And a relationship, and it's a personal relationship. And a personal relationship is knowing someone, in this case, it's God Almighty. It's knowing him personally. You have a personal knowledge of this person and of their character and what they like and what they don't like. That's what a personal relationship is. And so they also, it's not a one-way street. Not only do you have personal knowledge of them, they have personal knowledge of you as well. You know, if I told you that I had a personal relationship with Denzel Washington, what that would mean is that we have talked more than a few times. Okay, so I, I know him. He knows me. We have spent time together. I have not met Denzel Washington, though, so I do not have a personal relationship with him. But that's what that means. And, you know, just like the song that we just sang this morning, Jesus is more than a friend. He is more than a friend. He is deeper and more intimate than a friend. And, you know, the disciples didn't really fully comprehend it when Jesus told him that he had to leave so that the Holy Spirit or the Comforter could come. You know, what could be possibly greater than having Jesus in the flesh eat with you and walk with you and and watch him perform miracles? I mean, that is really awesome. And it was hard for them to imagine that there could be anything greater. And Jesus tells them in John 16, 12 through 15, it says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. So Jesus is telling them that something greater is coming. And as great as it was to have Jesus physically with them, 
the Holy Spirit now is not just with them, he's within them. He is part of them. He speaks to them through the promptings uh, of Jesus. And so we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. He's with us 24-7. But it's up to us whether we give him a voice in our life or not. But he's there ready and willing to speak. And then the next way to counteract fear and laziness is to recognize God is pursuing you. I guess I learned this. It's going to sound like it was 20 years ago, but it's still new to me because I've been a Christian since I was like 14, and I'm 60. So 20 years is, you know, was like yesterday in some respects. And I I heard a speaker talk about how God pursues us with an everlasting love. And it just blew me away that God is not there beating me over the head and saying, do this, do this, do this. But he's saying, come to me. I love you. I am seeking after you. I was so glad that Jeff sang um, Good Shepherd this morning because there's a phrase in there that I really like. It says, goodness and mercy will hunt me down. He is looking. He's targeting you. He's pursuing you. And that's exactly what pursue means. It's a verb. It's an action word that God is chasing hard after us. He's hunting us down. He's tracking us. He's seeing where we go. He wants to be there with us. And I love that rendition of that song. And, you know, as parents, we do the same thing for our kiddos. Um, You know, when they become teenagers, they become aliens. And... They don't want to be around us, and we don't really much want to be around them either. However, we do continue to try and pursue a relationship with them, okay? We hunt them down. We track them, sometimes on their phone. Um, There are things that we do because we care about them. We love them, and we want to have a relationship with them, and that's why we do that. It's the same way with God. God is pursuing us. With a, with a heart of love. Not with a heart of judgment, but with a heart of love. And then the next way is don't be afraid of intimacy. Intimacy in our culture, this word can conjure up a lot of different things, none of which we generally relate to God. Usually we don't think of your relationship with God as something that's intimate per se. But it's time to change our thinking as we get an understanding of what intimacy really is. Um, There's a song, Over and Over. Do we have that up there? We sang this last week. All I want to do is fall in love with you. Over and over, there is none like you. All I want to do is pour my love on you. Over and over, you deserve it all. You are the one that fills my uh, fills my heart. You are the one that my heart loves. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You are the song that fills my lungs. Your melody, I'm harmony. All I want to sing is praises to your name. Over and over, you're um. Yes, you're my melody. All I want to sing is, Spirit, have your way. Over and over, I surrender all. Ours is a love song. 
And that is a very intimate song. And last week when we were singing it, there would have been a time that I might have been a little, you know, thrown off balance by that because it really seems more like a romantic song. That, uh, but what I realize is that we are God's children. And don't you remember when you had that little baby and you just held that baby and you rocked her and loved on her or him and you kissed them and you just told them over and over how much you loved them and how thankful you were that they were there. They couldn't even understand you. But you love that little baby to pieces. Yeah, grandparents over there, brand new grandparents, they're doing the same thing. And Carla as well. And so, you know, that is the type of love that God is singing over us. And intimacy, there's a personal relationship, but then there's a personal and intimate relationship with God. And I want you to realize that that's a, that's a little bit of a deeper level. But that's what our goal is. And don't let that word intimacy throw you off. Actually, I looked up what synonyms for intimacy are. And it's, you know, familiarity, closeness, understanding, confidence, caring, tenderness, affection, relationship. There's nothing in here that... that, comes to mind like I would normally come to mind when I think of that term intimate. It's, it's, it's all about a relationship, a, a, an intimate relationship, but not the type that we have been taught to think about. You know, I have some girlfriends that I spend time together with. We enjoy one another's company. We encourage one another. We celebrate birthdays with one another. And it's someone that you can bear your soul to and know that they will love you no matter what. I have, I have intimate relationships with several girlfriends. You can have that outside of the marriage relationship. But you know what? That intimate friendship didn't develop overnight. It came through after multiple encounters of getting to know one another and spending time together. And, what, and, we, and, and our spirits connecting with one another. And in that intimate relationship, there is a vulnerability and there's also a permission to speak truth into one another's lives, to speak correction if it needs to be. And, and with the understanding that you accept that because it's being spoken to you out of love. And it's the same thing with God. Bill and Melinda, I asked Bill if I could share this and he said I could. They have a date night generally once a week. They, that, that's their goal is to strive to have that once a week. Most of the time it's on Friday nights, but if for some reason they're not able to do it on a Friday night, then they do it on another night. But they make sure that they call it a date night because date night has a different connotation than, hey, let's go grab something to eat. Date night is more than just going out to dinner. It's time that they've set aside specifically to nurture their relationship to reconnect, and to simply just enjoy one another's presence without any distractions. You know, we, need, we can have a date time with God. And I know that sounds a little weird, but it's just a time that you're going to set aside. That one time a week, set aside a date time with God to, to connect with Him. Because the desire is to, come, is to have a personal and intimate relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. 
So how do we develop that intimacy with God? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to intentionally set aside a, a small portion of time to meet with God. It could be 10 or 15 minutes, just one day a week. You know, this is the come Holy Spirit time. And the thing is, just like Bill and Melinda purposely set aside a day where they get together and they call it date night, we have to create, we have to make room for that special time that we're going to be with God. Sometimes I have my special time with God in the morning with a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee real often, but I do sometimes. And, and I, like to, I like to have it with my quiet time with God. Sometimes I have it late in the evening with a glass of wine when everyone's gone to bed and the house is quiet. Both of those are good times for me. And that's when I light my candle. And uh, I will tell you that this is a time that enriches my soul and it solidifies my relationship with God. It's a, it's a wonderful time. And then in that, in developing relationship with God, we're going to listen to him. What does that look like exactly? Well, after dialoguing with God and just saying, come Holy Spirit, we're going to be still. We're just going to sit in his presence. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. There's a stillness that comes, uh, and, and just sitting in his presence in a nice, quiet place. And that's not the only time that we meet God, but this is kind of a foundational thing, to meet God in the still, quiet time in our lives so that we be learn to recognize his voice, because there will be times when it's not quiet that we need to hear his voice. And, you know, most of the time... When God speaks, it comes in the form of an impression about his response to us. Next. Yes. Sometimes with God, it's because we haven't had any relationship. 
until we show up at a date night with God, it's it's awkward. It's it's uh, forever to finish it, and it becomes obligatory. And and you know, Betty's kind of talking about sometimes she has more than one date night with God during the week. Well, sometimes Melinda and I have more than one date night, and you know, I'm on a little bit of a special diet, and I'm, I'm not on that diet on date night. You know, we can kind of party a little bit with the food. So, <laughs> I, I think what she's saying just makes sense to me relationally that when we invest every day in the normalcy of relationship, God is capable of a very normal relationship with us. And what she has shared is how it works with date night. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it works in my head now. I can see it. And if so, if my time with Melinda is awkward, it probably meant that during the week we weren't connected enough. And um, and so uh, all of those work together to make it a true relationship. Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for connecting those dots because I think that that is important. Because I, if you have, but it, it doesn't, if you haven't been doing it, it doesn't mean that you don't start. And that's kind of what this is about. It's how to get started and, um, and not to be discouraged, but, to, but to, be, to begin someplace. You have to begin someplace. The next thing that I really want you to understand, too, is that God truly, deeply loves you. Many times we have an incorrect impression of God's character towards us. We think he's like Thor and he's going to throw the hammer at us because it's been a while since we've talked to him. Um, He's the judge, you know, and uh, we're the, I don't know, the defendant. That he's not pleased with you because you're not doing enough. You should be doing more. You should be reading your Bible more. You should be praying, whatever it is. You you feel an inadequacy. And so it feels a little awkward to kind of come before God. And you kind of feel small and... God, I'm, I'm here. Remember me? My name, my name's Betty. We've we've known each other for quite a while, but it's been it's been a while since we spoke. You know, God is so glad to have you in His presence. He delights in the fact that you're coming to Him. He is not there judging you, condemning you, or anything like that. He His arms are open wide, and He says, "Welcome." Welcome, Betty. I'm so glad you're here. Tell me, what's been going on? He delights in spending time with us. The Song of Psalms says uh, in chapter 2, verse 4, His banner over me is love. It's love. I'm covered in the love of God. And because I think if we don't have that right connection with who God really is, then I think that that keeps us from that intimate relationship because I think you're always going to feel like you're being judged, uh, that God's wanting more of you to do more things and that he's going to chide you and he's going to, he's got this, you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And that's not the way it is at all. God is there welcoming you and wanting to spend that time with you. And I think as the more you spend time with God, you'll, you'll see that. You'll feel that acceptance and that love from God. 
I want to talk a little bit about the purpose of listening. Why do, we, why do we even need to listen to God? Well, there's two purposes. One is an inward focus. We need to develop and strengthen our personal and intimate relationship with God. So that's one of the reasons. It's the inward. It's this relationship right here, that vertical relationship with God. The second purpose of listening is going to be outward focused to become the missional people that God has called us to be. We deepen our relationship with God by listening to him more. And as we listen, we become more aware of his presence. That's one of the songs, make me more aware of your presence, Lord. We become more aware of his presence, his promptings, and the opportunities as we go about our day-to-day life. It's never only about that vertical relationship. It's always both and. You need this and you need that. They work in tandem together. And if this is going well, this will, will, will work for you better, the, the outward focus. So I want to kind of summarize what we've gone over so far. We want to become a missional people. We want to practice once a week sitting with God. Just once a week is your goal. We want to listen to his voice and his promptings. Throughout the week, we want to engage God in conversational dialogue. One of the things that um, I have done recently, I just felt like the Lord was leading me to turn off the radio. Uh, I'm in the car a normal amount of time, and that, so I turned off the radio. And that's the time that I spend dialoguing with God. And I think I didn't realize how much I was in the car because it's like, oh, it's dialogue time. It's time, it's date night. It's time to just dialogue with God. And so I could be going down the street and I could see somebody walking along the street and it'll just, God, would you bless this person? I don't know them. I don't know what's going on in their life. I may be the only person who's prayed for that person. God bless that person. And just being more aware of what's going on. Uh, how my day's going? Or, Lord, when I go to the grocery store, help me to be more outward focused and not so inward focused. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I have put the radio on some, but I don't turn it on as much as I have been. I mean, very little. So there's a lot of quiet time in my car. So it gives me a lot of time to dialogue with God. And that was the, that was the purpose of it. So kind of challenge you if you can't find it maybe at home you know when you're in your car don't turn the radio on but instead dialogue with God so that's how you know that's just the conversation aspect and then next by doing that that's going to prepare us to be in the moment and have that outward focused so that when you're in the store you've been practicing hearing God at home and maybe in your car, and you'll feel that prompting when you see somebody that's in distress that um, their kids are acting up in the grocery store and maybe you can give them a hand or maybe you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time and you're, t- and you're talking with them and you find out that they're really struggling with something. And in that moment, you say, can I pray for you? 
whatever it is. But these are all, this is all kind of building on that foundation so that we can be the missional people that God has called us to be. Um, I think either this week or last week, Chris shared with me another Henry Nowen meditation that I want to share with you. So uh, it's really, I really like it. It says, be still and acknowledge that I am God. These are words to take, us with, to take with us in our very busy lives. We may think about stillness in contrast to our noisy world, but perhaps we can go further and keep an inner stillness even while we carry on business, teach, work in construction, make music, or organize meetings. It's important to keep a still place in the marketplace. This still place is where God can dwell and speak to us. It's also the place from where we can speak in a healing way to all the people that we meet in our busy day. Without that still space, we're spinning. We start spinning. We become driven people running all over the place without much direction. But with that stillness, God can be our gentle guide in everything that we think, say, or do. So, again, the whole purpose of this is to build that foundation so that we can have God's still voice in the marketplace in our lives. Would you guys please stand?